Hello and welcome to the Church Society podcast. I'm here once again with Amanda Robbie in the Vicarage and we are recording uh, this podcast to go out on New Year's Day 2018. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. And so we thought uh, an appropriate book to read to begin this new year is Emma Scrivener's latest book, A New Day. Uh, For people who don't know anything about Emma, this is the second book that she's written. So she wrote A New Name. Yeah. Um, which was sort of more of her testimony. What? Just t- tell us a little bit about Emma. Yeah, it's story. Her, her story is really uh, of anorexia and recovery, uh, particularly her second recovery from a second bout of anorexia once she thought she was a sorted out Christian yes. and uh, how the Lord met her in that and uh, changed her. Yes. Uh, it's an incredibly good read, very unputdownable and very helpful uh, in more to more than the anorexic it's yes. a, it has a great perception about the human condition yeah and really honest in a really vulnerable raw kind of way and I think the thing that that struck me from that book the sort of overwhelming thing was just how her faith and her um, maturing as a Christian was so deeply embedded in her experience so, you know, almost her anorexia was a an outworking of a misunderstanding of faith and, and perfectionism and, and then sort of, as you say, dealing with it again, um, how, yeah, how connected all of those things were. So this book, A New Day, sort of broadens out from that a bit. And the, there is a lot of personal testimony in there. It is still quite open and, and quite raw, but it deals with more issues, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's dealing with a, the sort of full range of mental health, health issues, but below that the the issues inside us which can lead to mental health issues but can also just be sinful tendencies that just work out in normal sinful life exactly yeah. so it's not just a book for those suffering with mental health problems as you say it is much broader than that and she structures the book in a slightly unusual sort of way <laughs> so she has this analogy of of sort of moving from evening to morning um you know, which is something we often, I think, don't quite notice in the Bible, that, that days start in the evening, and there was evening, and there was morning, a new day. Um, and and so she does that, but she draws a, a sort of spiritual analogy uh, of the evening to morning. Did you find that helpful? Her- it, it was a slightly unusual way to approach things. I think once, once you get into the book, mm. you can see the sort of pattern that she's taking, that sort of... Uh, basically looking at our, our sinful hearts to start with and then uh, going through to see yes. where how Christ has dealt with those. Uh, so, yes, it, it was it was a little unusual, but I thought worked very well in a way to lead you through mm. <clears throat> uh, different uh, conditions, different mm. uh, things within our hearts, which different people will manifest, but demonstrating how they are actually all yeah. very similar in the underlying yeah. Uh, nature yeah so she picks out these six different things doesn't she mm. you've got there's a little table there hunger anxiety control shame anger and despair and I really like this little table because she shows how all of those things are present in the story of Adam and Eve in the fall so you know they want the fruit they don't trust God they take the fruit they feel naked they blame each other and then they're driven out of Eden in, into a sort of place of despair. But then she develops those in ways that show what a sort of how that sin might look like in a, in a sort of ordinary person. Um, but then also what that might look taken to extreme 
in someone where that might become an actual diagnosable mental health issue. So, for example, control, she relates to OCD, uh, hunger, she relates to eating disorders. Um, I thought I might also include addictions of all kinds in there. Mm. Despair relates to depression, shame relates to self-harm, and so on. So you can sort of see how those things that we think of as mental health conditions are sort of extreme manifestations of things which actually are just part of our fallen nature that all of us experience yeah. one way we have we have we have those tendencies within us and if they take control to a great extent they can break us exactly can, and, and lead to those yes and so what she does she sort of traces those six themes through each of these stages from evening to morning so evening talking about um you know the the um sinful nature and the, and the manifestation of that and then sort of midnight where Christ breaks in and the difference that that makes and then uh, coming through to morning and particularly ending up um, with our sort of life in the church um, yeah. and I, I really appreciated that focus on church as a community of healing a community exactly. where we can be restored a community yeah. where we can deal with our sin and also our brokenness exactly that is the means that god has given for us to to be yeah. restored and um, she has a really helpful little um uh, analogy that she uses when you know we're used to thinking about uh, pastors in the church as shepherds mm. and she talks about the difference between shepherds and vets because i think that's one of the things that's very difficult in pastoral ministry to quite know what is your role what might be the role of a medical professional when is it right to hand someone mm over and say actually what you need is professional counselling and, and when we're suffering ourselves what are we expecting from our yes. vicar or our our women's worker or whoever it is um, and when should we say actually please help me be a bit you know go on with the lord i'm going to see the doctor about this exactly issue. and that's very straightforward when your issue is i've got a broken leg it's much less straightforward when your issue is depression that's relating to spiritual issues in your faith um, and so, yeah, so she has this um, picture of shepherds and vets, which is to say that when your sheep is ill, you take it to the vet, but you're still the shepherd of that sheep and you're still concerned for its welfare and its feeding and its care and all those things. But you don't necessarily have to be the person who's also giving it the injections that it needs or whatever. And so, you know, if, if we've got people in our churches or in, you know, in our fellowship or whatever, who we can see they need clinical help we we're still their shepherds so we're still concerned for their well-being in all kinds of ways but we're saying i think you need this expertise for this particular situation and i yeah, yeah. i thought that was quite no. a helpful little it way is. of uh, thinking that um so we've got this sort of structure of evening to morning these different uh strands that she brings through who would we say? Because the, the way the book is written, there are lots of different sort of parts to it, even within each section. Yes, they're, ve they're, they're very, there's all sorts of different styles within it. There's sort of little letters that mm. reflecting on something. There's questions, there's prayers. There's lists. I, you know, I love, there's a list of sort of 30 reasons why you should go to church, for yeah, example. So it's, it, it is very readable. It's, and it's not, a, it's not a heavy tome to read and you can put it down and pick it up again. It's easy to so read. Is it for the person who is suffering themselves? Is it for the person who yes. knows somebody who's yes. struggling? <laughs> is it for the the church worker? Yes. Okay. It's so for, it, I would recommend it for everyone. Um, if you yourself are struggling, 
it's it is easy to read uh it might help you in your section you can just read the section that you're struggling with yourself mm. uh you don't have to read about an issue that's not bothering you if if you uh, feel you just need to read something also particularly helpful i think really for those who are caring and want to mm. love those mm. who are who are struggling <laughs> which really is the whole church or should be. be the whole church yeah. there's a lovely section towards the end i think on sort of what can you say to somebody mm. with a particular issue or not and we were just talking to someone last night who said you know she was reading this book on camp and um you know ministering to a leader with a particular issue and literally kind of looking at the book saying right what, what should i say what should i not say yeah. uh, you know really helpful as a sort of reference guide because um, we can't all be experts on all of these things. And that, that's sort of the whole point about the shepherds and the vets. We're not experts on all of these things. But but we do want to to help and care for people. And so I think this is very, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly don't want to ever not have it on my shelf, really. Because you never know when someone's going to come to you with a really serious mental health issue. But also just somebody who's kind of... I just can't keep losing my temper with my children. And yeah. this book is for that person as well, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. It is. It does address, uh, you know, serious mental health problems, but also uh, grief, anger, mm. uh, those things that all of us yeah. uh, struggle with from day to day. And for some of us, those will become pa- patterns, unhelpful patterns and, yeah. and dangerous patterns in our lives. And, and we need to address and when we recognize we need to address mm. them this but will give us good tools absolutely so i liked in the sort of um i can't remember which section it was but but where she's saying this is how we can start to begin to deal with things she she almost kind of sets herself up as a little agony arm yes there's, there are letters <laughs> and, and it's she lovely well there are two kinds of letters aren't there there's the, there's the letter you might write to your depression or your mm. anorexia yes. or your whatever telling it to you know go away and and you know it's not but there's also letters she writes to sort of people um dear emma i get so angry when i fail at a tiny task have you any thoughts on how i can calm down and she writes very practical things really practical things i like that a lot and things if you have a friend who's struggling with this you might write down on a postcard and have in your back pocket to remember yeah if if you want to encourage them to or if they're asking how they can change exactly and then also um i think at the back there's a sort of list of organizations and websites and places that you go if you think actually i need more help with this or my friend needs more help with this and quite a lot of those are secular organizations um although not exclusively so and i think again that's part of needing to seek expertise uh when that's appropriate but also uh, being realistic i really liked um the example she gave of someone i think it might have even been her seeing a a counselor who is not a christian and the counsellor was saying, well, what we need to do is sort of, you know, build up your self-esteem. I think you need to start telling yourself how good you are, how, you know, that you're much better and stop being so down on yourself. And she was able to say, well, actually, the Bible tells me I'm a sinner. So I don't feel comfortable just telling myself I'm wonderful and perfect and brilliant. And they were able to work together and say, well, actually, what you need is some verses that tell you you're forgiven, you're beloved. A a good secular counsellor will take your faith into account. Yes. And will help you to work through your illness in the context of your Christian faith. Yes, and I think it's very important that we say to people, you know, if we are saying, I think maybe you should think about counselling, you need to tell them about your faith and how you you sort of perceive things within that. And recognise that there may be uh, areas in which your mental illness is, is sort of distorting your view of your faith. 
Um, but nonetheless, that that is a, an important part of, you know, a very important part of how you see yourself and how you want to, to approach the illness and, and deal with that. Um, excellent. So if you're with sort of doing this at the beginning of the new year, often that's a time when people are doing a little bit of self-reflection, things that are, you know, they want to change in their lives. Would we say this would be a good place to uh, start the new year reading through something like this? I think so. And and not just if someone you're someone who wants to turn over a new leaf or have mm. a specific issue you're struggling with. Uh, in our churches, I think if we all read this book in the new mm. year, uh, we would understand one another better and yeah. uh, would become those sort of communities where people can... Uh, be healed yes uh, and the beginning of that obviously that. has to be becoming a community where people think it's okay to talk about this stuff so yeah. there's a very moving moment in the bit where emma talks about a place where she'd been invited to go and speak about her anorexia and a lady came up to her at the end of the talk and and sort of couldn't talk for 20 minutes or so because she was just crying so much and in the end said you know your story is my story and it wasn't that this lady had anorexia but that she had struggled with different kind of uh, mental health issues and things that she hadn't felt able to talk about in the church and that she'd felt her faith couldn't be real or strong because, you know, surely Christians didn't suffer in this kind of way. And just hearing Emma speak honestly and openly about the struggles she had had sort of opened the floodgates for this lady. And it is hard, isn't it? I mean, I don't think... I mean, I don't know. I was just thinking about my church. There are definitely conversations I've had with people where they have been very open and honest about uh, those kind of struggles. But I do wonder if there's quite a lot more going on that people aren't feeling that yes. they want to And sometimes to sort of the, a small group is a place to be mm. sharing. And this yes, would be a does. great book to read in a small group, a small group Bible study. Yeah. You could discuss it You and then it would actually give people opportunity to share if they have had their struggles but haven't found a way in sometimes yeah. you need a sort of opening to share yes. that problem because otherwise it just seems like you're a bit yeah. dumping when do you on just people. bring yes. that up yes, yes. so mm. it would perhaps mm. be a good book to do i agree and i think um you know if you work through it again because there's a, the sort of wide range of issues in each chapter so it's not I think that would be harder to do in a small group if you're doing a week on OCD or a week mm -hmm. on depression, a week on whatever, because mm -hmm. it, it just might not um, work. But every every chapter would sort of give that wide range of things for people to talk about. But also, some weeks would be clearly much more focused on where are we, what are our struggles, what are our issues, and then some weeks focused on how do we help others, yeah. how do we listen to them, how do we function as a church. Yeah, it could be a great way to so I think encourage your church to... Uh, increase its pastoral capacity yes and actually realize that this isn't the realm of the professional yeah. because we're the shepherds not the vets and yeah. so you can say to someone who you know is struggling with, with one of these things you know i can't help you with your anorexia i don't know how to that you you know that's a thing that you need to be dealing with the doctors but you know what i could do i could come and sit with you in the waiting room yeah if that would really help you or i could you know if it's helpful for you to have somebody else cook your dinner and just bring it around so you're not having to think about food during the day I could do that for you yeah. so you know just and, kind of... and Emma does give many of those practical suggestions exactly. of how we can help because often I think as churches we don't know what to offer because we're afraid yeah. to upset people and, mm -hmm. and to to make things more difficult for them mm -hmm. so then we say nothing 
And yes. she gives very good suggestions that, of practical ways we can help people yes. so that they know they're loved and cared for. Exactly. And can exactly. be encouraged in their One of the things recovery. I really needed when I was struggling with depression was a place that it was all right to come and cry. And often the vicarage was that place. And, you know... Usually Amanda because was, a few other people were crying well, as well. <laughs> but, you know, exactly. There was a lot of other stuff going on and you could just sit in the corner and Amanda would bring you tea and cake. And, and, um, and it was just a, a nice, safe place to do that. And... It, you know that's a thing which again is within the capacity of of a lot of people in our churches to be that place that just says it's okay for you to just come around when you need to um and again you know it's not about necessarily having all the bible passages having all the doctrine having all the counseling training sometimes it's just about saying do you know what come and have dinner with me yeah Um, come and have a if we can come alongside Mm. our fellow sheep yeah when Um, they need it when they need it actually that is the the best way to help them carry on the journey I agree. So we really, I think, want to commend this book very highly. I'm going to suggest uh, to my vicar that it, it might become a book that we read together as a staff team. Uh, but as we said, actually, for anyone, uh, if you're a Christian, whether you think this is something that's an issue for you personally or not at the moment, it is because, uh, you know, all of us are sinners. Uh, but also it will be something that will just be absolutely invaluable. Incredibly helpful and incredibly easy to read. So yeah. this is not going to be something that makes your head hurt. You no. will enjoy reading it. You're, it's funny, yeah. it's engaging, it's uh, honest. Yeah, uh, very moving. Yeah, and an excellent read yeah. in all so, ways. Highly commended, great way to start the new year, great book review uh, podcast episode to start the new year, new year with, I think. I've no idea what we're going to be reading next month, but we'll let you know nearer the time. Thanks for listening. Bye. So the details for Emma's book are on the website. Both Amanda and I thoroughly recommend it. Looking ahead to 2018, we've got some great episodes coming up on the podcast. Next week, I'm speaking to a retired missionary couple about their experiences working in various European countries in Eastern and Western Europe and what it's like being a retired ministry couple now that they're back home in England. Coming up later in the next couple of months, I'll be recording a couple of episodes at the Fellowship of Word and Spirit conference this year, Crying in the Wilderness. I'm going to be doing a little series in the run-up to uh, APCM time, recording uh, interviews with people who are church wardens on the PCC and even on Deanery Synod, thinking about how we can make the best use of those opportunities to serve. Amanda and I will be continuing uh, to review books once a month. Do let us know if you've got suggestions of books that you think would be interesting for us to talk about. Also coming up this year, the annual Church Society Conference and AGM will be on May the 12th at Oak Hill College. This year, the St. Antolin's Lecture will be on the same day, that is also Saturday, May the 12th, uh, after a pause for afternoon tea, the lecture will be in the same evening. So we hope that many people will be able to come to the conference, the AGM and the St. Antolin's Lecture all in one day. The conference is on the theme of Flourish, a strategy for growth in the Church of England, and we'll be having uh, lectures from Lee Gatiss and from Rod Thomas, as well as a panel discussion as we think about how best we can flourish in today's Church of England. Later in the summer, in the last week of August, as always, this year I think it will be the 28th to the 30th of August 2018, Church Society are once again pleased to be hosting the Junior Anglican Evangelical Conference, that is Jake for short, 
Uh, that will be at King's Park Centre in Northampton once again. And that's a conference for anyone who is in the early stages of ministry in the Church of England. Whether you're somebody who's in training, you're in a curacy, maybe you're in the first few years of incumbency, or maybe you're still at the stage of considering whether Anglican ministry is for you, perhaps you started going forward for selection. If you're at that sort of stage in your ministry and uh, you'd like to come along, we will be uh, this year looking at the theme of the gospel in the parish, reaching every community for Christ. Wallace Benn will be helping us think about what a, a church is, what a local church should be, uh, and we'll be having a number of other speakers thinking about aspects of the local church, church planting, seminars on things like working with volunteers in the local church, dealing with scandal in the local church, ministering in a non-evangelical uh, parish, and so on. So that'll be uh, a wonderful conference. I'm looking forward to that already in August. All our conferences are open to non-church society members. You don't have to be a member to come along. But there are discounts if you are a member. So I would encourage you, uh, if you're not a member of Church Society yet, just to think about maybe uh, joining, uh, not only to support us in the work that we're doing, but also uh, the benefits that there are for you in membership, not least those discounts that I just mentioned. As always, thanks for listening and do tune in again next week. Mm-hmm.